Hey, happy Monday. Welcome back. I hope you guys have had a wonderful holiday break, whatever it is that it may have been for you. We are here. We are alive. We have a purpose. At least that's what I like to believe. I like to believe if we made it this far that uh, we got purpose. I was reading something the other day. Um, let me pull it up. And it was on Facebook. And it the words was just so real. And since we are coming up off of this holiday, I just feel like this was such a good reflection. So the post said, two months and the year is almost over. What have you achieved so far? And somebody replied back, I feel like this is honestly not the year for questions like this. People have lost their jobs, lost their parents, lost their lives. It is absolutely okay to have achieved nothing of great significance this year. Just maintaining sanity in itself was an achievement. And I reposted it and was like, just being alive will suffice because the way these last three years have been going, clearly we have a purpose if we're still here. Because I don't know about y'all, but um, I'm not feeling these last three years of what we've kind of been going through. Um, it's 2021. It's about to be 2022. Let's see, in 2018, my mom passed away. So that year was kind of drained. 2019, we kind of started to see, you know, the news and outlets about COVID. Then 2020, we all, I don't even think 2020 existed, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just in here like, I don't even remember 2020. Like, it's so bad with me. I have, I had a lot of friends who had babies during the pandemic. And like one of my friends was, she was telling me how her baby was. I'm like, no, your baby's a newborn. And she was like, Lisa, it's been a couple of years since you seen the baby. And I'm like, oh, I just don't even know. And in 2021, it hasn't been for me. It hasn't been like a bad year, but it definitely hasn't been like a, a year to remember. So anyways. Welcome to Healing She Got Faith. I am your host, Lily, or some people call me She Got Faith. I am the founder of Healing She Got Faith, which is an organization, and it is also the name of this show. I have to give a shout out to Total Entertainment Radio. You will only find me here. Um, such a wonderful platform. I will say that every show. And then also, too, I want to shout out Hidden Wheels for allowing me to utilize their property in order to um, have this show and I'm wearing my hidden with gear today so shout out to them um so if you are new here this is episode four so pretty much we have hit the one month mark so if you have been here since day one I am super excited that you have decided to come back um being here for a month has definitely just I've just had opportunity after opportunity and I've definitely grown in my perfect in my professional world um it's definitely been really really good so I'm super excited 
for you all to be here right now. Happy Monday. I'm also an author. I released a book in October. So my I have a book project called Everyone Has a Story, which is a novel, journal, and planner. So if you would like your copy, if you order from my website, I will personally sign it. Um, that's healingshegotfaith.org. Go ahead and grab your copy. Go ahead and add it to your book club. It's definitely a game changer, if I don't say so myself. Might be a little biased, but definitely check that out. Um, Christmas is coming up. It'd be a great gift. So, yes, shameless plug. Anyways, happy Monday. Happy Monday. If you have been here, this is the fourth episode. And so, usually, what we do is we pick from a positivity deck of cards. But today I actually want to go through this book, which I talked about in the first episode, and it is Healing Your Grieving Heart, 100, 100 Practical Ideas by Alan Woodfelt. And today I kind of wanted just to read you guys something that I personally had just kind of been dealing with and um, just kind of talk with you because if I'm feeling it, I know I'm not the only one out here that is feeling this way. So I thought this was really good. This is from that book. It's on page 13. If you decide to get a copy, it, this technique or what does he call it? Oh, practical ideas. This one is be aware that your grief affects your body, heart, social self, and spirit. This is so good because I often talk about how we don't really, really understand what grief actually does to the body. And a lot of times we we don't really understand what grief actually is and what it does and what that might look like. And then it gets even more confusing because for each person, it looks different. So on this page, he has four bullet points. And the first bullet point is grief is physically demanding. The body responds to stress of the encounter and the immune system can weaken. You may be more susceptible to illness and physical discomforts. You may also feel lethargic or highly fatigued. Um, if you have known me during my grief experience, this explains me to a T. Um, it is very hard for me to do things. It is very hard for me to even get on the phone. Like people hate it. People are like, you don't answer the phone. And I don't. It is very hard. I am always tired. I am always very lethargic, like they said. Um, the second bullet point is the emotional toll of grief is complex and painful. We often feel many different feelings, and those feelings can shift and blur over time. I am an emotional wreck. Like, I am so emotional. I was emotional before, but, like, now I, I'm just emotional. Bullet point number three, bereavement naturally results in social discomfort. Friends and family often withdraw from mourners, leaving us isolated and supported. Woo, baby, I talk about this in the book. Let me be honest with you. I talk about this and everyone has a story of the novel because there were people in my life who stopped talking to me because I wouldn't tell them what I needed. I did not know what I needed. I didn't. And I've even talked about it on this show. Like, I knew I needed air. I knew I needed water. Sometimes I needed food, but that was only if my body allowed me to take it in. That's all I knew. I couldn't tell you what I needed. There was, I don't know. I was asking myself that every day. Like, what is it that you need, Lisa? I don't know. People like, well, you not telling me 
you not explain to me what's going on. Well, if I knew what was going on, I would be able to communicate it. But heck, I'm battling myself every day. So I can't tell you because I can't even tell myself, just to be completely honest. And then the fourth bullet point. We often ask ourselves, why go on living? Will my life have meaning now? Where is God in this? Spiritual questions questions such as these are natural and necessary, but also draining. Um, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I have not experienced that. Um, that has never been something that I have personally experienced. I do know people who have experienced that. I do. I have had conversations with people who have got to that point where they just don't necessarily understand like what exactly their purpose is after going through so much grief. I have I have been in a situation where I have questioned God and where I have had this like anger and rage towards God. And and I still have it sometimes. Like um, I have this, I don't know. It, it's one of them things where you just like, okay, God, like where are you at? Like, what is it? What, what, what's going on? You do something. Um, and so at, at the end of each page, he has a section that he calls Carpe Diem. And this one says, no doubt you are physically impacted by your grief. Make an appointment to see a doctor this week. Sometimes it's comforting to receive a clean bill of health. So I do that. I, I and let me let me just be completely honest. I am one of those people that I have a very hard time trusting the medical system. I have always been told all of my problems come from being fat. I have always been told that you're overweight, you're lazy. I have had these conversations. So my trust with the medical system, on top of stuff that I've seen happen with family and friends, is down the drain. However. I am a person of faith. I'm a person who I do believe there are good people in the world. I do believe that there are good workers, um, whether I run into them or not. So I do, I have been on the hunt for a medical team that can support me and help me. But right now I have a pretty good medical team. Um, and I, I suffer, I also suffer, suffer from diabetes. I've had diagnosed anxiety, diagnosed depression, um, high cholesterol and then cancers running my family. And I said it with an S because there's different types of cancers that have just floated through generations of my family. So uh, thank God I haven't had any, um, what's it called, cancer scares, but I am aware that I do need to be seeing a doctor. So an example I could give you is recently, um, my body was doing some weird things and I am a person that believes like your body will talk to you. Your body will tell you what it needs. And so I did change my diet. I kind of transitioned to mostly a plant-based diet. And ever since I have been diagnosed with diabetes, which is, which happened when I was 15, and, um, it's mostly, I've mostly been preached to about a plant-based diet. But then as I got more serious about my health, a lot of it has been plant, you know, you should be plant-based basically. Cool. So I'm in that season where I'm finally like, okay, I think I can really do this. Even if it's not forever, at least to get my health right. I say all that to say, I took my butt to a doctor. Told my doctor like what was wrong. Told my doctor like what he need, like what was going on. And I was like, you need to check me out. Everything was fine. Because I had started some new medicines and because I had upped the dose on my diabetic medicine, yeah, my body was going through some changes. 
nothing out the normal, but it, it felt good to have a doctor that I could talk to that wasn't like, well, Lisa, you should lose 50 pounds. I get it. I understand you have to tell people that to be healthy, but we had we have to stop telling people that they're sick because they're overweight. Like there's just more to it. it. It's more to life. Like don't keep telling me that I'm about to die because you think I'm fat. Like, no, give me a solution. Telling me that I'm fat is not a solution. But I had I had opportunity to talk to a doctor. She was very good. She was very warming. Um, what I do now when I get a new doctor is I tell them like, listen, listen, I don't have trust with y'all. So I need to know from the jump, is you willing to work with me or not? And typically they're pretty receptive. So anyways, I say all that to say this was so good because I actually wanted to talk to y'all about this anyway. And then when I was going through the book and just trying to figure out what I was going to talk to y'all about, this had popped up and so something something y'all don't know is this show aired on November 15th. November 16th would have been my mom's 60th birthday. And that was a good day. I, I had a really, really good day. And I was, you know, I was hyped up from November 15th from this being the premiere of my show. But November 16th on that evening, I went home and I was so sad. Usually I do something like I travel or I go and do something. So like birthdays, death days, like all of that. I usually find something to do and I usually get out and celebrate the life of my loved ones. Um, but November 16th, I just couldn't get myself to do that. I, I like I was having a good day, but I just couldn't get myself to go out and do something like I just I couldn't do it. And um, I was supposed to hang out with a friend that day. And I actually, I hung out with a couple friends, two friends that day, but um, one of my friends, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go get dinner. My friend didn't really want to eat what I wanted to eat, which was cool. So I just went home and fed my dogs, let them out. Cause I, uh, I was like, well, I'll just go home, feed them, and then I'll go out to dinner. Well, I went home, I got in the bed. And my friend ended up texting me and was like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. Honestly, nothing. I'm not doing nothing. Like, I fed the dogs and I'm in bed and I'm really sad. Like, I'm having a moment. Like, and it's a moment that I can't necessarily control right now. So my friend was like, let's go get tacos. November 16th fell on a, uh, on a Tuesday. So he, he was like, let's go get some tacos. And we did. And it ended up being really, really cool. And then I ended up going home and I slept like a baby. But I was just having that moment and like in in that day, in that evening, I was just so hurt. Like even though the day was good, I was just so hurt. Like I really just had missed my mom that day. Like it was her 60th. She should be here. And that's how I felt. And so um, I wanted to bring that to y'all because I don't think we talk enough about that. I just don't think that we have that in us. So I'm so glad that I found that I'm able to read it to y'all and uh, we're definitely going to touch base on that throughout this show today. But um, let's go ahead and take a break because I kind of just talked your ear off. So I'll see you in a few seconds.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I gave y'all an earful before you went on break. Um, so I hope I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't mean to throw all that on y'all, but it just kind of come out. Sometimes when I get real passionate, it just flows and I be having to apologize to people because I, I'm sorry. So hopefully that wasn't too much for y'all. But today's episode, we will be talking about addressing our grief. And so last week, we actually talked about, well, actually, last week's episode was called Grief Talk, and I basically went through the stages of grief and what they look like and what that might be, what that means, because I think in order to address your grief, you have to understand your grief. And I think that's just like anything in life. Like, if you don't understand something, then half the stuff just don't make sense. Grief don't make sense in general, even if you understand it or you don't understand it. But I think when I mean, when I say address grief i'm really talking about your own personal journey i'm really talking about what it is that you're going through because i have started to use this term called grief cycle and what i mean and how i define grief cycle is we tend to have a pattern just like in everything else in life that's typically our grief cycle so especially if you enter the grieving season or if it gets around the time of you losing someone or losing something and your body tends to just get sad, fatigued, nauseous, just different things that you're like, why am I feeling like this? And then you realize, oh, because it's right around this period of time. So with that being said, it's like, how do you address that? Because I, I'm going to be honest, I don't necessarily believe that we could stop it, but we could definitely address it. We could definitely kind of plan ahead like okay I know that typically during this time x y and z happens so because I know that let me just be honest with myself and plan for it some people say oh like some people tell me oh you prepared to be sad and maybe that's your opinion and that's fine but I personally don't like being sad so it's not like I'm planning to be sad but I understand how it may look to somebody else because again grief is different grief is very different um I know there has been talk about even like people just staying in under in a depressive state and to me I think that's an arguable statement too because you just don't know like when it comes to when it comes to mental health there we don't necessarily have a one-size-fit-all solution there are multiple different things that we can do. There are multiple different avenues that we can go. While you may feel that somebody else is choosing to be in that state, you don't necessarily know what's going on in their head. When I was having my moment on November 16th, I was not planning on being sad. I was planning on getting out, having fun. And actually, that day, something really exciting happened with one of my friends and I was so excited from him but as soon as we kind of got to the middle of it like I just was overcome with so many emotions to the point where he was like are you okay like what's going on like did I do something to you he had done nothing to me but I really just missed my mom like and why did it happen at that moment? I have no idea. We literally weren't doing anything that had to do with parents. That had to do like literally he had 
he was coming out of a dark place. He had hit a milestone. Like, listen, I was so happy for him. And I really was. And I really am to this day. But it it was on my mom's birthday. And I was just overcome with emotions. So with that being said, if you missed last week's episode, I'll kind of go through the steps again. So I think the first thing we can do to address grief is to understand the stages of grief, which theoretically there's five stages, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Um, Like I kept saying last episode, grief, the stages of grief are not linear, so it doesn't go in a straight line. Like you're not going to hit denial first, then anger, then bargaining, then depression, then acceptance. Ah. No, it it more than likely it's not going to be a straight line. More than likely it's going to be um, like a roller coaster. So going up and down, up and down. Um, some days you're going to wake up and be like, wow, they, they really died on me. Wow, I really lost that house. Wow, I really don't have that thing no more. Like it is gone. There is nothing I can do about that. Some days you'll be like, yeah. You know, I'm I, I've accepted it. Uh, I'm not really happy about it, but I've accepted it. I can move forward. Some days you're mad. You're like, wow, it's really, really, really gone. So it's not necessarily a linear experience. It is definitely a up and down type of thing. It's definitely one of them things that you have to just kind of be aware of and just know that at the end of the day like these are the five stages you might have to figure out which stage you're in if you can like it's not something that like if you have a moment you're like oh I'm in stage five I've accepted it it ain't gonna be like that I wish it was but that would just be too easy and we don't live in an easy world not that y'all needed to know be reminded of that the second thing I would suggest is I would suggest you to reflect on how you felt. Reflect on you, reflect on the feelings, reflect on the emotions. If you are triggered by something, which that could be a smell, a song, driving by the place that something has happened, if a memory comes up, you, you know how like Facebook do that thing where it'd be like 10 years ago and it pops up something like maybe you're in a really long-term relationship and um, something pops up and you ain't thought about that person in years, but Facebook brought it up. You like, dang, and your mood changes and you're sad or you're angry or you're like, wow, like I haven't felt like this in a very long time. You were triggered. You were triggered. And you may not know how to handle that. Honestly, it may be something that you just you haven't felt it in a long time. So what are you supposed to do with this? What are you supposed to do with that? I don't know. You have to reflect on that. Why did it make you feel that way? What are you feeling? What do you want to do about it? Do you want to do anything about it? So have that reflection time. Have that have that time of really addressing like why you feel the way you feel and what is it about that situation that you know, has you in this position to where you're like, wow, like I have to do something about this because 
this is kind of hurting me. It kind of made me tired. Maybe you need to sleep. Maybe your body is like, listen, this too much. Let's just go ahead and lay down, take a nap. Maybe you got to leave work. I've had to leave work before. Let me tell you about this time I got triggered. I was in grad school. And my mom had bought my textbooks from some website. And so it was about the time that I needed to return the textbooks. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Go on the website. I fill out the form and it asks, do I want to have like a reoccurring charge or am I checking out any books? Some weird stuff. But my mom's first and last name and credit card popped up. Oh, my goodness. I just started crying. I lost it. I was in my office. I lost it. I had a coworker who worked across the hall. She came over. She's always coming to get coffee. That was my coffee buddy. And she was like, hey, can I get some coffee? I'm like, yeah. When she sees me kind of tucked in the corner and I'm sniffling and my face is red and I'm wiping my face and she's like, Lee, what's wrong? And I tell her what happened and she's like, oh my goodness. I think at that point, my mom had probably been passed away for two months. So to see that, I was shocked. I missed her. Um, I really didn't know what to do with it because I no longer had her. And it just reminded me like she always tried to help me. My mom was just always there for me. Like she was just an amazing woman and she sacrificed so much. And for me, it was like, I will never be able to repay her again. Like ever, you know, that's what I was feeling in that moment. I was feeling that frustration of what does that look like? Why do I feel like this? So my coworker shut my door. We made some coffee. I cried with her. She gave me a hug. She put me on the back. And then she made me laugh. And then I, we might have went for a walk. We, we were working on the college campus. So, like, we walked outside, you know. And you have to have that support system. You have to have those people that just kind of understand. Now, everybody's going to understand, but you kind of have to have those people that will understand that and that will understand, you know, that you're going to have your moments. Um, the third thing. So, I really only had four things to address well, that I have wrote down to address your grief. So the last thing is find a safe place to talk, which goes back to having that safe person to talk to. And what I mean by safe place, a place free of judgment, a place that of course will keep you out of physical harm, but a place where you can kind of feel the relief to like, okay, I gotta get this off my chest, I have to talk. That might look like a grief group, that might look like a support group, that might look like, you and your friends going out to brunch that might look like meeting up with somebody that might be finding a therapist or a counselor um and, and I think we oftentimes get a little weary when we hear that term therapist or counselor because it is it could be hard because you do have to find the right person for you I am an advocate for therapy but I'm not going to lie to you it has taken me a very long time to find a therapist that I absolutely adore. I have a current therapist right now, and I'm so grateful for her. I actually found her on BetterHelp, which during the pandemic, a lot of resources arose because we saw an increase in mental health issues. 
I was at a point where I just needed help. I had just moved from New York to Missouri. I had a lot going on. I was extremely sad. Literally, when I reached out to BetterHelp, they found me a therapist so fast, and I did my intake process. If you don't know what the intake process, that's the very first form that you have to do where it asks your, your name, your medical history, your doctors, um, things that you're struggling and like why you're here. And so like literally I was just like, I need help. Then we had our first meeting and she was like, so what brought you here? And I was like, I need help. Like I was just at a place where I knew I could no longer do this by myself. I was hiding a lot, of, a lot of things. I was holding a lot of things in. There is this thing um, that I do. And honestly, I, I, just, I just hold so much stuff in. I, when it comes to myself, I have a very, very hard time advocating for myself. I have a very, very hard time um, just rooting myself on like, I can go out and advocate for every anything, but when it comes to me, I'm just stuck. I'm just in this place of just, it'll be okay. I'll make it happen. Like this whole strong persona. And the thing is like, I hate that. Like who told us we had to be strong? Who told us that being weak, quote unquote, was a bad thing? Like who told us crying was weak? Because to me, if you cry, maybe you and the strongest people because our bodies were created naturally to cry. So you allowing your body to do what it's supposed to do does not make you weak. I remember I had an ex. He had lost his father. I talk about, I talk about that in the book. Y'all should really get my book. HealingSheGotFaith.org, shameless book. And I remember like he was very emotional. I was like, well, you're emotional because you're holding it in. And he literally looked me dead in my soul and was like, well, if I cry, the only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to have a wet face. And so what do I want a wet face for? Whew. Needless to say, that relationship did not work out. Because um, I just couldn't handle somebody who just didn't want to see it. Like, I understand as men were told to wear. I am not a man. Let me make that clear. I understand as men, men sometimes in the emotional sense might have it a little bit more difficult because there is that expectation of men don't cry men don't do this men do that and I'm here to squash all of that because you're at the end of the day before you're a man you're a human and one of the things one of the reasons why I had to leave that particular relationship was because one that young man did not want help and two I was reliving losing my parents at the time was my father I was reliving and I was being triggered by a lot of stuff and it just was not healthy for my mental health. So I had to do what was best for me and take a step back. I had tried to get this young man to go to therapy and to at least talk to other men. Like maybe you're not ready for therapy and I completely understand that, but there are other options. Like there's social groups, there's friends, family, a trusted loved one. Like there's somebody you can talk to. And I honestly, I just couldn't handle it because I was also going through my own process and the blind don't need to be leading the blind. And so, but that hurt my heart for him that you thought that you couldn't cry because crying didn't do nothing when crying is releasing. We're releasing all of 
that we're holding in. Crying is not a bad thing. So we should let ourselves cry. We should. Yep, we should. We should allow ourselves to cry. So maybe you need to cry, and I'm going to give you a couple minutes to go cry because I'm definitely about to take a break. Um, so yeah, go go cry in the bathroom for like 20, 30 seconds, maybe even a minute. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Did you cry? Probably not, but because that's just not how crying works some of the time. So I made a list of things to do that you can maybe put into practice and maybe start doing things to kind of help you through your grief process. Um, these are mostly things that I have done that I live by and that have helped me tremendously and then people in my community and my circle kind of take after it and it's really the reason why I created my book and my planner and my journal and I really do think like baby steps are still steps and I really do believe that even if you don't necessarily know what to do trying new things can trigger those chemicals in our brains that need to be triggered in order to heal properly and I want to say this like grief is a never ending process but so is healing and just like you can adjust your grief you can also heal and you can also be in a position to where you can get comfortable with your grief to the point where you're able to heal from it and when I say comfortable I'm not saying like you're just staying in one place I mean like you you done learned your grief cycle you done learn what to do what not to do or anything of that nature like you have put yourself in a position to where you're like we're me and grief we gonna sit down and have a conversation we going head to head and that's it so one of the things that I put was journaling so if you know me I carry a journal I have all types of journals I have so many I probably don't need to buy another journal a day in my life but that's not gonna happen I love to journal and typically I keep a guided journal and I keep just a blank journal so a guided journal is a journal that has questions or worksheets in it that help you start to write so if you're not somebody who could just randomly start writing guided journals would be a really good investment for you because there's already questions in there you can find subject journals I mean there's so many you can buy from i have one it's new it's called everyone has a story journal and i honestly i go through grief i go through having a relationship with god i go through having relationships in general um you addressing your story and what that might look like because don't forget this series is called everyone has a story and one of the reasons why i wanted that to be the name of the series even though we've been doing a lot of talk about grief is because this grief that you're experiencing, I didn't get this thing, oh my goodness, my watch is talking. This, um, this grief that you're experiencing, this grief that you are trying to address is all part of your story. 
And journaling is a great way to really, 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 really start mapping out your story and start seeing it for yourself. It's just something about putting pen to paper and just seeing it. It's just something about it because when we see it, we tend to believe it. But when we write it, it tends to, our brain starts to like just get that little kick that it need that it needs in order to truly start to address these things. So even though this series probably should have been called something different because we focus a lot on grief and we focus a lot on you know what grief does to the body, but part of that was part of my plan too because I started this show at the beginning of what I called my grief season, my grief cycle. And yes, those are two different things, but they go hand in hand. But also, too, this is also a grief season for half the people in this country because the holiday seasons tend to be the most difficult time for most people to even function. And that is part of your story. That is part of who you are. That is part, Even if it's the ugliest part of your story, it's still part of your story. And sometimes when we journal, we can look back and be like, wow, that is what I felt like. And look where I'm at now. Or, wow, that was such a good place. And why am I this fatigued now? I was in such a good place. I loved being in that place. How did I get here? And it gives you that map. It gives you that timeline of, okay, this is what has happened. So I am an advocate for journaling. Exercising is another great tool. Um, exercising um, really helps release those happy um, chemicals in our body and it helps us release so like we obviously can't go around punching people in the face without repercussions but if you exercise you're releasing those angers like my type of exercise I love dancing and I am happier when I'm in a dance class like yeah I'm not a professional dancer by any means like I don't have a liquor rhythm but I am extremely happy whenever I'm dancing, whenever my body is moving, whenever I'm consistent with it. I'm not as angry. I'm not crying as much because I'm putting all of that energy into something else. So like if I'm told to do a squat jump and turn around and put my hands on my knees, like all of that energy is going into that move. And I am focused on that. I'm seeing the motion in my body. I'm feeling the energy between my toes, my fingers, my thighs. Like, I'm feeling it. Exercise can be so good. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not a person who I can do traditional exercising. Like, going to the gym, doing leg day, arm day, lifting. I can't do all that. I, I won't do it. Me just being completely honest, I won't do it. But I'll find a dance class. I'll find a yoga class. I will something to keep me active. Doing leg day, arm day is more stressful for me because it's not enjoyable. And I'm just at a place in my life where it, I'm not doing nothing that don't bring me pleasure. But you drop a beat and you tell me to do a squat, like, I don't know, it's just something different. You know, I'm not too worried about toning up and doing all that. Like, I'm just trying to be more active. I'm trying to wake my body up. I'm trying to awaken the body just so I can be that. I want my body to know, like, I appreciate you, body. I appreciate you. Like, I'm glad we're here. 
we made it this far. We got a purpose. Let me show you love. Like I'm showing the whole world love. Let me show you some love. I sit down a lot of times. So when I get up and I get to moving, like my body, like I can feel it. It's almost like my, my body's like a little kid. Like my body like, yay, we doing something. So find, find what works for you as far as exercise go. Walking, biking, running, kickboxing. Um, what is it? Karate something find what works for you so i'm gonna go ahead and take another break while we're at it go ahead and think about what works for you think about what it is that you you know you want to do how do you want to talk to your body when we come back hey you know have some stuff written down all right all right we're about to go take a break Welcome back. Did you figure out what you wanted to do for exercising? I hope so. Maybe you'll join me on a dance class. Who knows? So a couple of things that I had as far as addressing your grief is I had practicing rituals, uh, which that could be something that's like something that I do is on days like birthdays, death days, things of that nature. I tend to just go do something in memory of those people that I lost. So like for my father's birthday which is January 16th I typically go to a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee in name of my father on my mother's birthday I typically go have a mimosa and find some coconut ice cream because the lady loved her mimosas and she loved ice cream she really loved Michelob Ultra but um I'm not drinking no beer so that ain't gonna happen but I got her hips of mimosas and she did like those I'll drink a mimosa so creating rituals for the holiday season, which I know we're past that, but we still got um, Christmas and New Year's coming up. So maybe there is a grieving organization in your community and maybe they're doing like a holiday memorial thing. I did that the first year that my mom was gone. We made phoenixes. We brought in a stuffed animal and picture and we got up in front of people and talked about it. We cried. We had a dinner. It was really nice. It, it was very emotional because they had the lights dim. They really set the mood to adjust your grief, which I really appreciate that about that organization. Um, so, you know, creating rituals. Uh, I know with my family for Christmas, we started having Christmas at my brother's house and we wear matching pajamas. I know matching pajamas has been popular recently, but I remember like, my family, we, my mom started that tradition probably in the 90s where we would all have matching pajamas. And her tradition was on December 24th, we would cook and see family and do all that good stuff. But around nine o'clock, we would take showers, get in our pajamas. And typically the kids would go to sleep around 1130. And uh, at my house, they let the kids, as long as the kids would sleep between midnight and like two or three o'clock that was okay because that gave enough time for santa claus wink wink to come around and make magic happen um so as long as we had those couple of hours and then on december 25th we would wake up we would do brunch but my mom had everybody in pajamas all of december 25th um it was just her tradition she loved it it worked for us it was definitely something that we still do to this day 
Um, and the last couple of years, my brother bought a new house. And so we have Christmas there. So just finding new rituals. Affirmations. I am a huge believer in affirmations, speaking that positivity into yourself, speaking that positivity into who you are. Um, definitely just talking to yourself, like talking to yourself is okay. Like sometimes you gotta look at yourself and say, You got this. You know, some of the affirmations I tell myself is I am enough, I am worthy, I am breaking generational curses, I am a child of God. I am beautiful. I am smart. I mean, whatever it is that you need to remind yourself of, go ahead and, um, you know, do that. And I put praying. If you are a prayer, I know I'm a prayer, um, but I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of times I write my prayers out. So that's why I journal a lot. For me, I'm a better writer. than, um, And it's easier for me to write stuff out. But sometimes I get up here and I'll talk just like this and I'll pray. Um just get it out. So these are a couple things that you can just take note of and just really look into and just kind of figure out what works for you. And if you have like other suggestions or anything, definitely, you know, do that, do what works for you. You could definitely let me know. You guys can contact me on Instagram, Facebook, everything is healing. She got faith on Twitter is heal. She got faith. Um, Heck, I'm even on Anchor, you know, the podcast platform. You can find me on there, Healing She Got Faith. LinkedIn is Lisa Nolan, I believe. Lisa Inez Nolan. Anyways, find me and let me know what you do because, you know, what works for me may not work for you. But also, too, I, I like to learn other things. I like to see what other people are doing. I like to see you know, what did it have people healing? My my biggest dream right now is I want to see a world where we can address our trauma and heal without judgment. I would like to see a world where we don't have to be strong. I would like to see a world where we can um, be ourselves. You know, I think it's ridiculous that most companies only provide three days of grieving and bereavement. Like, that does nothing. We should have a better system in place for that. Like, that literally does nothing for a human being, especially if you lost somebody really closely. Like, imagine losing a child and your job tells you you only got three days to handle that. No. Probably why I ain't got no kids, because I wouldn't be at the job. But... You know, and it, it is very hard to come across places that actually have grieving and bereavement plans in place. Uh, I've, I've talked about it before, but some jobs have what they call EAP, which is Employee Assistant Programs, which is typically through your benefits, where you can get, I think it's like 10 free counseling sessions. And then after that, typically places would do like a sliding fee scale um, for you. but there are programs like that, but still, we do need a longer system to be able to just adjust our grief, y'all. Like, grief is not an easy subject to talk about. Like, I come in here and I'm confident, and this gives me life talking about it. But honestly, like, on November 16th, like, I was so sad. And I, like, I don't think people really understand, like, how sad I get. Like, I'm a genu- genuinely happy go getter person, but I'll be sad. I'd be sad. 
So it's definitely one of them things that you definitely have to know how to adjust. When I was 15, when my father died, I didn't know how to adjust grief. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know what that looked like. I don't even, nobody did. No, Nobody knew what that meant. So now that I'm 30, I'm really trying to practice that because I, I want people to know, like, I just envision this world of us truly being able to heal and truly being able to see the other side of things. So I'm hopeful for it. I think we're getting there. It definitely might be um, a long shot or maybe some people think I'm, I think too positive, but I don't know. Ain't y'all tired of being sad? Like, ain't y'all tired of being tired? Like, we have the power to fix it. And it's just, we just need a couple people you know, I, I plan on launching some programs in 2022 that I'm hoping will help heal a community, not because it's from me, but because I, we just need it. We need it, especially adults, y'all. Like, us adults, we go through a lot, and we expect it just to keep going. Like, and sometimes we can't. Sometimes it's hard. So, you know, taking these couple steps and taking these couple things to really be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do to be a better human, to have a better community, to be a better mother, to be a better aunt, to be a better friend. So with that being said, we're going to take one more break and then we'll wrap up the show. Welcome back. Um, I had fun with today's episode. I hope y'all do did too. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how to talk. Um, I hope y'all had a really good time with today's episode because while this was heavy stuff, um, to look at the addressing part of grief was pretty cool for me. And like prepping for this show and the notes that I had took and the different things that I had read, it was actually really informative. It's not, and some of the stuff I already knew, some of the stuff I was like, oh yeah, but it kind of just aligned too, because like I said, I was going through a rough time at the beginning of November, even around the time that this show had started. So um, yes, and we've been in this thing for a month. Whoop, whoop. Excited about that. So I hope y'all continue to stay on. I hope y'all can continue to follow. Definitely check me out on Instagram, Healing She Got Faith. Check me out on Facebook, Healing She Got Faith. LinkedIn is Lisa Nolan. Twitter is Healing She Got Faith. YouTube is Healing She Got Faith. And like I said, you can even find me on Anchor. And that's also Healing She Got Faith everywhere just look up healing she got faith get your copy of everyone has a story get the book bundle so you get all three things um make a list of everything that you you know that you want to do to address your grief and start today like even if it's just one thing like remember a baby step is still a step it's still a step it's still going towards your goal a baby step is just as important as the finish line if you ask me that's what i think (gasps) but i really hope that y'all take this seriously and i really hope y'all take y'all health seriously and your 
journey series like you deserve so much and I hope you know that there's somebody out here today that really needs to hear that like you deserve so much you have been through enough pain you have been through enough drama you have hurt enough you you you've hurt and you've cried in silence by yourself and let me tell you you are not alone you are here for a reason and there is a community and I promise you once healing she got healing she got faith blows up baby you gonna know where your community is okay because listen we are a healing society I don't care what nobody says we are a healing society when I first started um healing she got faith I used to say we were a grieving society and because I I really Healing She Got Faith really kind of blew up around when George Floyd was murdered on national TV and all of us saw it, right? All of us had seen it. And we were grieving. I mean, grieving. The whole nation was grieving. The societies of people were grieving, right? And I was using it. I'm like, we're grieving, we're grieving. And then I had a mind shift where I was like, you know what? We are grieving, but we're going to be a healing society because we're going to address this grief. We're going to call out these systems. We're going to call out these people that are causing this grief. That's what we're going to do, despite what the other people with these systems are telling us. Mm -mm. We are a healing society. While we grieve, we are still healing. That is good. That is so good. And I hope y'all got that. So. Nevertheless, I will see you next week. Um, shout out to Total Entertainment Radio. I'm so appreciative of y'all. A shout out to all my listeners. I love y'all. We are month in this thing. I can't wait for it to be longer. I can't wait till we have anniversaries and some more. Uh, I'm super, super, super excited. Super happy to be here. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I'm going to catch you next week. Have a great, wonderful rest of your Monday. And please remember to love you the way you love the world. I love you. I love y'all. All right. Talk to y'all next week.